Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and I'm delighted to welcome today a very accomplished entrepreneur from Chandigarh, India, Mr. Arush Chopra. Arush, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ashu. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Arush is the CEO and co-founder of Just Herbs, an award-winning millennial-focused Ayurvedic beauty brand. He's earlier worked in media and private equity in Denmark, Holland, England, and Singapore. So before we start talking of Just Herbs, a quick question. What made you move from private equity to being an entrepreneur? You know, uh, I was basically working with uh, a, a fund, a, a, an asset management company based out of Singapore that used to invest into farming assets across the globe. Right? Okay. And what I was seeing continuously is that uh, all the investments that the fund is closing out has, has a, a conscious consumption angle to it. Right, We're always paying a premium for certifications that the food has, etc. Uh, that and also looking at the markets in and around Singapore, like Vietnam, etc. When we would speak to clients, we would talk about things like the high demographic dividend, young populations, you know, um, high disposable incomes, etc. Right? And I'm like, wait a minute, that is uh, true of India. I mean, you take three or four of these island nations together, and there's probably more people in Uttar Pradesh. Mm. Right. So anything consumer focused, uh, uh, there's a massive, massive opportunity back home. Mm-hmm. And at the age and stage where my wife and I, who's my, also my co-founder, Megha, mm-hmm. uh, we decided that uh, this is the right time for us to take the plunge and go back home and start up. Right? Now, now, the question was that, what do we work? What do we do? Right? Mm-hmm. Like which sector and uh, why not food? Why not something else? Why beauty? Mm-hmm. Uh, two things there. I think, uh, so my mother happens to be a biochemist and uh, in Chandigarh, uh, she was actually... Uh, you know, after we had grown up, etc., she would start. She started dabbling with some lotions and potions. She would make those, uh, you know, upturns and creams, etc. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was not good enough to be called a business yet. But the products were super effective, which I would share with Mega. And we were dating in college, and mm-hmm. she and her friends would love those. Mm-hmm. So that was always at the back of my mind. And I'm like, let's go back. Let's get the supply chain right. Let's get let's brand this stuff. Let's create more products, and let's see if we can create a brand out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it happened. It wasn't really about, you know, oh, you know, there's, there's an Ayurveda boom and let's go make money out of it. It was more about, you know, that there is a, there is a product, there's a passion project that my mom is involved with. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can, you know, make that big and, you know, do something with it. So that's, that's how it started. How amazing. So, uh, you know, from the time you started Just Herbs to uh, now when it, you know, you've been getting awards, what have been some of your challenges and some of your learnings? So I think for me, oh, when we came back, there was not even like, there was no alignment whatsoever from people around me on if this is the right thing to do or not. Right? Mm-hmm. People would tell me, why does the world need yet another natural beauty brand? Right. And that's what people are saying even today to somebody who wants to start a new D2C brand in any space. You know? mm-hmm. There's so much competition. We've been, I've been hearing this, this phrase being repeated uh, for the past eight to 10 years and yet uh, there are opportunities being created and, you know, businesses being made and sold and exited, you know, year after year. Correct. My thing was no different. I came back, you know, Punjabi relatives telling me 
why don't you migrate to australia why don't you go to canada who comes back to india mm. giving up the comfortable life of singapore you must mm. be mad mm. and on top of that you want to start a business and on top of that you don't even want to have an office in a delhi or a bombay of all places you want to start it in chandigarh which mm. is the so called you know retired people city as they call it i i strongly disagree but that's the commonly held belief right. mm. um so we we just heard that and uh, we just decided that we'll just keep our head down and work and the work in the initial days was uh, basically with zero capital right so uh, we were practically bootstrapped in the first 4 to 5 years of our journey mm-hmm. um our customers funded us during that time mm-hmm. um i i remember we had a 4 lakh uh, bank limit mm-hmm. uh, and my own savings and my own credit card that i was using to run my business um so i think the learnings were immense right from sort of i have no background in digital marketing and uh, digital was the channel of choice for us because for a young company who can't take take too much credit risk uh, which is inherent in every other distribution channel and you would know that ashutosh you uh, with the brands you would have dealt with uh, so as a young company we couldn't make you know afford that so the online channel was uh, was the go to sort of channel for us mm-hmm. and I had to learn that with my own credit card you know how facebook ads work how google advertising works etc so did all of that on one the one end and the other end we need a good product we need the product has to be liked by people we need to set the supply chain uh, in place you know the packaging has to be good um so all of those things you know we basically did it all from scratch we started from a small room with just the three of us amega um you know my my mother and myself and we had one more person for operations and that's how we really started wow uh, to today we are we are about 100 plus people uh you know uh, running this uh, amazing amazing what an amazing journey so you know when i was reading about you i was a little fascinated by the phrase a millennial focused ayurvedic ayurvedic beauty brand yeah help me understand why you have segmented the market so finely mm so you know uh, ayurveda so we are not we are not pioneers in any way right i mean we recognize that uh, ayurveda has existed for a very long time that's number one mm-hmm. number two is that uh, beauty itself is a very fragmented market there's enough and more beauty brands out there all serving a niche it's mm-hmm. not a winner takes all market right so and if we had to kind of if we had to take ayurveda which is fascinating by the way more than 30 mm-hmm. to 40000 herbs codified you know written down thousands of years ago Yep. and if you had to really make sense of it and sell it to the real consumer of india that is the millennial consumer mm. 35 years and under right i mean and to that consumer if you're going to talk from a pedestal right so the problem with ayurveda is that it's either over intellectualized mm-hmm. uh, so much so that it becomes very esoteric for a normal person to appreciate it it mm. becomes slightly highbrow if you may or the other problem is that it's oversimplified so that it's reduced to the picture of a leaf on a label and the words ayurvedic are written on it right? right we didn't want to do any of that we wanted to say okay can we take something which is uh, you know very intelligent uh, you know has a sort of history tradition behind it and can we communicate that through product formats which the regular uh, you know modern day millennial consumer can appreciate so how this sort of effort manifests itself in our products and the way we make our products is that we are actually india's first beauty company to crowdsource product development right so what we do is our product creation typically happens is in a way that it's all the idea for the product comes from the consumer mm-hmm. through social media we actually create prototypes of the product mm-hmm. those prototypes are shipped to people 
they grade those samples they give us feedback and all of this happens through social and there's a lot of buzz created before the product launch and then finally the product is launched so it's a way to democratize uh, you know the way beauty has been sort of run in this country and even globally right so globally typically it's been a very top down sort of a business where you create trends and demand by you know advertising and what's really missing is the voice of the consumer so we we saw that the millennial consumer wants engagement in everything right it's not like you know the millennial consumer isn't about you know uh, i'll accept what i'm served i will no i will seek out what i want i would what i want to watch what i want so there's netflix i want to eat what i want to eat so there's zomato mm-hmm. why why should my beauty products be top down mm-hmm. why can't a company out there create products on demand right for uh, my unique problems and the internet allows you to do that because there's unlimited shelf space right there's no there's no such problem you can launch products at lightning speed and uh, we make our products by the way so we don't get it manufactured anywhere okay. uh, so it's a vertically integrated operation right so mm-hmm. uh, the speed to market is uh, is critical for us so and we crowdsource our products the other way i think this millennial focus is at the products themselves right so i'll give you an example so we have products which have an ayurvedic twist but are very uh, in a very modern format for example we have something called the saptajal which is a masala water a makeup remover mm-hmm. right it's not it's not like it's we're a, we're a pioneer in making a makeup remover mm-hmm. but we are a pioneer in making the makeup remover with ayurvedic ingredients so it has tulsi jal trifala jal etc so it's nurturing as well as it's it's, it's high performance as well mm-hmm. similarly we have a bb cream which we call the skin tint which is an ayurvedic bb cream we have lipsticks which are made with ghee and sesame oil mm. uh, we have a lip and cheek tint which you know the young uh, female population is loving by the way mm-hmm. uh, again made with uh, you know rice starch and other uh, ayurvedic herbs mm. so it's 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 a promise of wholesome beauty that millennials can relate to which kind of draws upon uh, the traditional you know practices of ayurveda so it's it's like modern products with traditional practices that's that's essentially what the brand is all about oh, fascinating so uh tell me what is the reason or what is changing in the millennial consumer that there is such a big demand for ayurvedic products especially in the face of all international beauty brands also being present in india yeah so i think uh, when we sort of talk to our consumers right um, we find that our consumers actually are more educated than we think that they are right the common refrain when you speak to a lot of people you know what is the biggest challenge you face and this is education Mm. so we have to explain to the consumer blah 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 and well that was true uh, when we started out i think we were probably being paraben free and free from xyz used to be a novelty mm-hmm. uh, well now it's just hygiene right i mean your products better be free from all those things because the, the consumer actually expects that mm-hmm. so that the pace at which that education has happened right and people have now graduated from just smelling products to you know reading the back labels etc mm. i think that is uh, absolutely fascinating right so um so just saying that now just saying that your ayurvedic also doesn't really cut it right i mean people are demanding more people want to know more you know they're more evolved and that's what typically happens i mean from my experience living in uh, singapore mm. and the more advanced beauty markets around uh, around singapore like japan korea etc I mean, I I I I I expected that to happen in India, and I think it's already started happening, and we still have a very very long way to go. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago about thirty thousand odd products that are available in Ayurveda. Mm. Where is the knowledge of Ayurveda sitting? 
I think it's it's sitting. It's very much that's the best part, right? So with Ayurveda, it's everything is codified, right? Mm-hmm. So it's there. I mean, there are texts out there. Um, you know, the various Ayurvedic texts are there, which actually list down formulations, right? So we have certain classical formulations. So our product portfolio. One is the sort of the modern millennial focused, you know, mm-hmm. uh, products. But then there are certain classical formulations that we have. Mm-hmm. We have one called the you know, Kinshukadi Tail, which is basically if you know dhaka fool right it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, a flame of the forest it's called mm-hmm. in english mm-hmm. wonderful flower it's cooked in 17 herbs uh, in sesame oil in a dig you know in the traditional way and the mm-hmm. little oil is prepared uh, which imparts glow to your face right so there's that uh, and this is and then there's the bringraj oil which is basically a classical formulation i mean we didn't come up with it it's already there in those texts mm-hmm. the knowledge is all there it's just about how you make it you know interesting it's and like it's a, it's a lot like food right i mean the same dish can taste completely different absolutely. at different restaurants based on how the chef has prepared it using and the ingredients that they've used mm-hmm. uh, so the knowledge is not the not the big big issue with ayurveda it's all there it's about how you how well you use it you know to create products very interesting and you know there are some very major players in the ayurvedic space huge players you know whether it's in ayurveda a Bedinath or a Dabur or a Himalayan, there are many, many more. How are you differentiating just herbs from these big players? I think we are basically, so first of all, we don't think of ourselves as an Ayurvedic player or anything of that sort. We don't even think of ourselves as a skincare or a makeup company. Mm. I think we are a beauty company, right? Mm. And we, as, as a beauty company, we imagine beauty to be a certain way we imagine a world where beauty should be and where it should go mm. and our products and everything that we do is basically uh, you know making us one step closer to that for mm. example we believe that everything that you use should be wholesome right uh, if you expect that out of your food you should also expect that out of your skincare products mm. uh, if ayurveda can help us realize that mission we will use ayurveda uh, for that and that's basically what we're doing whether we make makeup, whether we make skincare, whether we make hair care. So in that sense, when you when you when you use that thinking and you and then on, on top of that, you add a layer of being consumer first with the crowdsourcing and the whole sort of social media, etc. Mm-hmm. You're in a very different space then, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're not competing with anyone, you're basically making the competition irrelevant. You know, that's 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 where uh, that's that's the way we have been at least our vision is and what we've been thinking about. Very interesting. And yet, you know, uh um, Arush, there are a lot of questions that still remain about uh, Ayurvedic formulations in whichever se- segment you're in. Yeah. How are you addressing some of these challenges? No, absolutely. And the questions are also very valid. I think if you're alluding to the fact that, uh, you know, the, you know, a lot of people can get away with calling things Ayurvedic and organic just by putting a picture of a leaf on the label. Correct. Uh, I think we, we personally have been the biggest proponents of full ingredient disclosure. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our products, which we continue to do. Um, so Ayurvedic is one thing, but the, the the certification of the ingredients that go into the products, we've taken you know a lot of care to kind of make those formulas uh, absolutely pure. Mm-hmm. Um, this the supply chain, in fact, all of it uh, is something because we we produce the products ourselves, so we're able to control all of that, right? right. So it's 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 Ayurvedic, but it's over and beyond, you know, uh, as far as as far as we are concerned. And how critical is uh, good packaging for uh, Ayurvedic brands? I think for everybody, right? I mean, Ayurvedic or not, I think packaging plays a major role, uh, both functionally and it has to be 
it has to be attractive as well for the consumer mm. and sustainable as well so that's the third uh, thing that has become extremely important for us um so we've been taking initiatives in all the three directions i think uh, in terms of even our e-commerce packages do not use even you know an inch of plastic anymore mm. and i see a lot of companies have started adopting that but we were among the first few to do that um we in fact started using a lot of waste paper shred it and use that as fillers into our boxes a few customers said that you know you call yourself your products are expensive but look you've put like you know waste paper inside and all that we did that get that a bit because you know the transition was happening but surprisingly over the last year or so i think that's completely stopped because everybody's now kind of saying that this is actually the way to be mm. so there's people but paper bubble wrap you know the plastic bubble wrap is gone you know so uh, definitely sustainability has also become a very important part of that conversation and sustainability i'm Uh, is is also a big factor in the mind of the millennial buyer absolutely right? absolutely wonderful so you know i was speaking to someone else also on ayurveda and one of the things that they said was that uh, the reason ayurveda has been slow in terms of being accepted in the world markets is because there wasn't enough collaboration between educational institutions and the corporate sectors absolutely what is your perspective no no that's 100% true i think we cannot work in a vacuum Mm-hmm. So there's two things to this right so there's that and there's also the fact that what you know uh, uh, i don't know if you're familiar but what edward said calls orientalism there's a bit of that as well there's a mm-hmm. there's a bit of disdain for uh, if i may say uh, things which originate out of india mm-hmm. uh, are, usually have a slight disadvantage saying that this is unproven etc mm-hmm. well ayurveda has its own sort of way of doing things right i mean uh, if 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 a uh, if a heavy metal is talked about in ayurveda as being beneficial for the body mm-hmm. uh, in the western point of view might be opposed does not mean that the ayurvedic view is wrong or anything is just an alternative view of mm-hmm. looking at the same thing right mm-hmm. um we don't do ingestibles we do only topical so that you know that example may not apply to us but i'm just trying to drive the point that the, that sort of dichotomy between the two ways of looking at it will always be there mm-hmm. i've experienced that in singapore where you know i've come across traditional chinese medicine tcm which is the ayurveda of china right again a very long history a lot of culture a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, herbs medicinal plants etc there same thing right so not surprised um uh, but also you know the if if something is backed by science etc it it appeals more to your left brain you know which i think um, ayurveda could do with and also some of the uh you know some of the misadventures that have happened in india have uh, raised certain question marks around a lot of companies uh you know doing a little bit of hanky panky with uh, with products that are so called ayurvedic products so yeah all that is there but i think uh that doesn't really take away from the fact that something that's existed for 5000 of years right and still sort of is going strong codified you know written down uh exacting principles right which exactly tell you what to do in what proportions to use herbs plants and flowers mm. if it gets lost in the translation it's a different thing you may disagree mm. with it it's a different thing mm. but it is there it does have merit fantastic so one more question on ayurveda and then i've got a couple of a couple of more questions how is the export market for uh, ayurvedic beauty products uh, picking up no it's been fabulous um, so for us in fact uh, the south asia region was was really good i mean uh, beyond the traditional markets of europe and us i think markets like vietnam and 
the middle east uh, has been very very good uh, right now we're focused on india mainly but uh, before the pandemic we exports was also a very good part of the piece there's a lot of acceptance here okay. so things like turmeric things like neem have always existed and now uh, we have a serum uh, called the um, go to cola and indian ginseng uh, serum indian ginseng is basically ashwagandha Mm-hmm. Go to cola is nothing but Brahmi, right? Mm-hmm. But these two words have been trending. So go to cola has been trending in the US as the latest anti-aging breakthrough mm-hmm. uh, from the herbal side of things, and it's trending in Korea by the name Sisa, right? Okay. Which is which is uh, another trending ingredient. So mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 not that it's so the the herbs the 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 knowledge is so vast in Ayurveda that sometimes we Indians don't know that, you know, what we've been buying, thinking of a fad from a foreign country is actually very desi. It it, it actually grows in our backyard. You know, that's what I think going back to your question, I think that is where the opportunity is to make that, to make that, to make the millennial consumer aware of that and make, you know, what's growing in your backyard really sexy for them. I think that's where the opportunity is for brands like us. Fabulous. So my last question to you now, Arush, and this is for many, many young individuals who will be listening to our conversation. A lot of them are potential uh, startup entrepreneurs. What would your advice be as a young startup entrepreneur mm-hmm. to uh, a you know, set of young entrepreneurs who are starting off on their journey? So I think a lot of my advice, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm actually still a long way to you know, go before I can actually give advice, but whatever little I can, I will. Yeah. I think the, a lot of people ask, so what is the recipe for success and all that? And, you know, how do you make success happen quickly? Hmm. I think I, my answer to that is like uh, 10, 10 years is what overnight success is actually, right? Uh, what you think is overnight success is the hard work of, you know, at least five, 10 years behind Absolutely. it. Yeah. And the way to negotiate those four, five years, according to me, is to just show up, wake up every day and show up to work, mm. right? Uh, just be consistent because it's just a matter of time frame. Yeah. Mm. You just have to keep hitting at it. And you would know this better than anybody else. After those. I mean, mm. uh, it's like you just keep hitting at it. And when you change the time scale, no, mm. uh, it, it, it will happen uh, sooner rather than later. So to every anybody who's starting out is that, you know, just don't give up. Yeah. Just just wake up every day, show up to work. Wake up every day, show up to work. Keep keep at it. Keep at it and it will happen. Wonderful. Persistence, what is what you're saying? Persistence, absolutely. You, know, it's, you think like a scientist, yeah. You do so many experiments and you fail. Yeah. And each of those experiments, each of those failures are actually data points for you. That's your hypothesis, right? You're you're learning through that. So, so that's the mindset to keep. Easier that's said it. than done, but that's what is needed. Fascinating. Yeah. Arush, on that note, uh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure, privilege speaking to you. Thank you for talking to me in such depth about Just Herbs, mm-hmm. why you are making this into a, such a highly targeted and focused, millennial-focused beauty brand. And thank you for uh, so much work that you're doing in Ayurveda. Good yeah. luck to you. Thank you very much, uh, Ashutosh. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.